All right, everybody, welcome back. Another week of the panel discussion. We take your old books, your new books, we rate them, we review them, and we grade them. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your three hosts, alongside one of my friends, Greg Norton, and and <laughs> oh, I guess I guess Chris Gold decided not to show up today. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, no, no, actually, he has a uh, he has an excuse. He read X twenty three and died immediately. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Poor guy. Yeah, I let him borrow it, and he died of boredom. So Chris will no longer be joining us. I really hope like someone who doesn't love that comic or like somehow like a writer of X twenty three like listens to this one day and they're just like screw these guys. <laughs> I'm never listening to this again. Black Never. All us in Black. the comic book community. <laughs> That's the last thing we need. We need all the help we can get. Maybe we should start praising that, that X-23 number four. I don't even know where it went, to be honest with you. I hope my dog peed on it, quite frankly. Uh, That's so much I care about X-23 number four. Uh, So, as we promised, this week is another special dedication um, episode to Daredevil, Matthew Murdock. The man without fear. My favorite. Uh, he's he's regrown on me. Uh, you know, in recent years, everybody knows. Uh, this week, October nineteenth, the newest season of Daredevil comes out, and it looks fantastic. I'm excited. Bullseye, Kingpin, and the White Jacket. I'm hoping they're hiding some some small minor stuff. As oh, well. I hope so too. But they seem to be going all in on this one. I mean, they they really have in every season so far, but they they're really going all in. I mean, as soon as you've seen Bullseye and then the then the you know the white suited kingpin, you're like, okay, this could be oh, yeah. it for Daredevil. Oh yeah, and it's well, it's their most successful franchise so far. I think on Netflix, I think all of them have been good, but I think the highest praised one is Daredevil. I think it's had the most success, the most consistent. Um, well done. It's the most edgy, I think, too. Yes. Um, it really, it really balances the, you know, the, the dark side of of Daredevil's, you know, comic book lore and and everything yes. good about it. I think it's weird because I feel like Daredevil um, did more with, does more with like the action and like the violent side of it, or the other stuff like too uh, much story. A little too much story, but like the they try to like do this weird like. Almost, and I hate to say it, almost like Justice League-y, like gritty but funny. Right. And and then you got to throw in like every single of the other series like focuses a lot on like the romance sexual part of it. And I feel like it's way more underlying with Daredevil. Okay. No, that's a great take. I mean, pe- people don't know really – People don't know how to how to why Daredevil is above the yeah. other ones so much. It is. I mean, yes, uh, you know, a benefit too was it was the first one. Yep. And yeah, they've just such a, done a, such a wonderful job of of telling Daredevil's story. Um, they've stayed tr- pretty true to the comic book. Uh, you know, his oh yeah. his, the the source source material. It's organic, is the word I'm looking for. Yes, and it's a lot. Punisher. Actually emulated that the best so far is they're my top two of the, yeah. the uh, Netflix shows. It's the most organic, and again, like the love story stuff is like very underlying and more real. Yes, where it's not like okay, like let's go have like make sure this series has like ten sex scenes. Like it's like feels like in like <laughs> Jessica Jones and Luke Cage like trying to reach a quota. Right, but 
Yeah. Unfortunately, because they could be incredible series otherwise. No, I agree. Uh, Daredevil, the show too has had like iconic moments. Like you watch the other ones and, and like there's like a moment here or two that stand out. But Daredevil, you know, you can think of a bunch of stuff. Like from the first season, you know, when he first, when he first got the suit, the costume or that, uh, that hallway fight scene, you know, the camera cuts, the way they did that. Which was really cool. And Luke Cage has had two, and I think one of them was almost thanks to the, the similar style to Daredevil was the when he broke into the I'm gonna forget the name now the Atticus building and he's walking through getting shot up and like yeah. the music for that that was incredible and that was that moment and then he had one other one but it's all in the first four episodes or Daredevils I feel like their moments carry throughout They're the whole out. series. I mean, yeah. we were all blown away by the. By Kingpin, you know, yes. his, his appearance, Vincent, uh, D'Onofrio, I think yeah. is his name, uh, just really took the ball and ran with it. He, he was the perfect Kingpin. Oh, yeah. He, his character was almost sympathetic in a way, and he, they almost humanized him, but his mixture of, uh, I guess culture and like viol- violence, so to speak. Yeah, he's like ruthless, but like relatable in a way. Yes. Uh, and, and that Vincent D'Onofrio, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, because I'm picturing, like, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, which, <laughs> meh, but especially the first Men in Black movie, because he was the cockroach skin suit. Yes. And I, like, just all I picture is, is that, like, sugar, water, <laughs> like, that's all I'm ever going to picture when I look at him until I saw this. And I was like, oh. Okay. Especially that first time he did anything finally. Uh, it was that Russian guy. When he bashed door. his head in the car door. <laughs> that was disgusting. I I was in Disney, actually, when that came out. It was the day we were, really? le- we were, we were leaving. So we were sitting in the resort getting ready to go. And I was just watching it. And he was just smashing it, smashing it. I was like, my jaw just dropped. That, that's when I knew how violent yeah. these Netflix shows could be. And they did not disappoint. But it's done just right, and that's that's my thing with it. Um, no, I agree. I, I agree. It's not like excessive. It's no. just it's it's just right. Yeah, it's it's still like it, this could air on regular TV and be okay. Yeah, like even like I watch a lot of like CW and stuff, and like Supernatural, for example. Like, even Daredevil doesn't even push some of the limits like Supernatural does. Right. Um, yeah, Supernatural. Uh, I mean, Walking Dead and, yeah. and shows like that. They're they're very graphic, yet they're still on TV. Yeah. So Daredevil almost could live on TV, in my opinion. I I agree. I agree. Uh, in other news this week, unfortunately, uh, we found out another Netflix show has been canceled from the MCU. Iron Fist. No more on Netflix. Which is. I almost, as weird as it sounds, the more and more I've thought about it, I'm almost like, okay, that might be a good thing. Yeah. In the sense of, like, maybe on Disney, it'll have some, or on the Disney streaming services, that's where it heads. It'll have some different hands into it that will kind of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It'll kind of maybe start to pull it more in the right direction. Right. Um, I'm not really sure what the difference of showrunners would be on that or if it'll still be the same showrunner, but I feel like it it might give it a chance to kind of have some new life. And I'm hoping they keep it as Danny Rand. Um, as much as he's he's starting to finally grow into the character, as terrible that sounds, it took two seasons. Yeah. But it, it might be a good thing for him. Who knows? I think so. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in our group message last night, how the way the announcement sounded, it, 
the show wasn't done, but just Netflix was yeah. not going to air it. Kind of like they, you know, did with the Defenders. Like, there's still hope for another season of Defenders, and with the Disney streaming service come out, it'll be, I'm not going to say less pressure to perform, but it'll be easier to have that show and keep it going. Yeah. Uh, which I think is the move that they're going to make. I do want to see, I do want to see more of Iron Fist, Danny Rand. Um, wow, what's the, what's the actor's name? I just forgot it. <laughs> oh my God. He, uh, he did good. Yes. One of their issues was how long it has taken Iron Fist to really come into his own. He's, they, he doesn't even have his costume yet, you know? That's like, that's important to, that's the kind of stuff is important yeah. to people. I think the biggest issue with, with Iron Fist is it tried to live in that Netflix universe. Yeah. And Iron Fist isn't as dark of a character. He's a little, he's a little more upbeat. Like, he's a Bruce Lee knockoff in a way. Essentially. And he's got that, that gritty toughness to him, but he's again more of like a, an upbeat street level hero. And I, I don't feel like he should have existed in the way he did on, on Netflix. Like, he should have been more of the light, upbeat show in that, that area. They kind of did that with Luke Cage, but they didn't keep that with um, with Iron Fist. Right, right. We'll see where the future lies. Uh, I definitely think, yeah, Marvel streaming service. But without it, you know, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into Daredevil today. Uh, we talked a little bit about the forum. You know, it's... What do you think did, – did the Ben Affleck movie kill Daredevil for, for you or do you think for some people? Like I feel like his popularity d- declined after that movie. For some people, honestly, like I've probably seen that movie 20 times. <laughs> yeah. I like didn't hate it. I, it wasn't it, the best movie. No. But it was just cool seeing Daredevil on screen and like the action was really well done in it. And that was what I was all about. And as much as it was not true to the source material, like Colin Farrell's bullseye was kind of awesome. You know, I didn't hate it either. It did get a lot of flack. I think it came out in 2002 or 2003. Yeah. And, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Daredevil beforehand, too. He was always making cameos in, mm. you know, the different cartoons. And, you know, I read some of his comic book stuff. I know he made an appearance in, uh, was it the Spider... The Spider-Man PS1 video game too. So like I, I I knew enough about him, but I think yeah that movie it it killed his way for a little bit because yeah. yeah he was a non-existent property until was it 2015 I think the new Netflix show came out. Yeah. So what and they tried to do the Electra movie and keep that rolling. Oh and yeah, it was not good. And the best thing about Daredevil too was the Kingpin, and I. Oh, Mike, Michael, Michael Duncan, Duncan Clark. Clark. I always yes. mix up the, and I always say Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, Michael Duncan Clark was like the best part about that, which doesn't surprise you. He was a, an incredible actor. Yeah. But his kingpin was awesome. And, and that made the whole movie for it. But yeah, it, it, this, this Daredevil definitely feels more like the, um, like the, the comic books. It feels more true to everything. Oh, that's the other thing I will say too. And I actually, a lot of people forget this is Happy Hogan, John Favreau, yeah. was Foggy Nelson before he was Happy Hogan. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Oh, I do forget about that sometimes. That's an, he's another one that a lot of people forget was like, oh, yeah, he's been in Marvel properties before. So. <laughs> That's a, I completely forgot about that. It's, uh, it's good to see the rebirth of Daredevil's character. He's an interesting character. You know, everyone knows he's blind. Uh, with all his other yeah. senses have been enhanced, really. 
He's a really admirable character. Uh, you don't even get this the in, in the shows. That's the one thing I will say. You don't get the level of like where his senses are. Right. Um, in the comic books, he like he'll run his hands across a regular newspaper. He can actually feel like where the ink is, and actually he he doesn't have to read braille. He can read regular text. Okay. Because his touch senses are so high, and like. He can recognize people from far away just because he'll like smell them and go, "Oh, this is so and so." Yeah, you don't get that in the show as much, but his senses are insane in the comic books. Yeah, I was reading um, one of the books we'll cover today. Uh, just yeah, the, seeing that comic book take of his powers is is really cool compared to the TV show. You get more of the in, in, like his internal thoughts, so you can actually see how his brain is functioning. Yeah. Exactly. Let's uh, yeah, let's get to it. I'll start us off today. Yeah. Yeah. Why the heck not? Uh, I will start us off with a individual book, Daredevil, two fifty five from June. Uh, let's see, it doesn't have a year on it. Oh, nineteen eighty seven. Excuse me, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, yeah, Daredevil, a love story, and the cover is really cool. It's uh, Daredevil kissing Typhoid Mary, uh, which is <laughs> which is really interesting. And kind of drew me in. And, yeah, Typhoid Mary has a giant dagger um, hoisted above his head, ready to stab him in the back. But let's get into it. It starts off with a dream. Daredevil is uh, well, more so a nightmare about this kid, Tyrone, who uh, went swimming in a toxic lake and went blind. He, he blamed Daredevil for it. Uh, we cut to a scene of Matt Murdock waking up in his apartment and Karen is in there. They are in a relationship and he's stressing out uh, about the whole situation. I guess he lost his something with his lawyer license is what I understood. But Karen is taking care of things for him. He's going to clear his head. She knows very much about his secret identity and she's, you know, she she's really supportive of it, like in the in the TV show, she's really skeptical about it, like nervous, not a huge fan, I think, of it. Yes. Um, but this, yeah, she's very, very supportive of it. My book will explain yours. I think mine's right before yours. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So there's that. He go. Oh, there's a meeting with Wilson Fisk, and he's got a team of lawyers because he is a big part of this company, Telco. That is the reason why this kid Tyrone is blind. And he's trying to put a defense together that Matt Murdock and his team cannot uh, really defend. And he actually has Foggy Nelson on his his team, which is uh which is really interesting. Yeah, they had split up at this point. He goes to leave his apartment. Right after this. Okay, perfect. Uh, he goes to leave his apartment, and Tyrone is there with a lady named Mary. And Tyrone is actually developing these senses like Daredevil does, Sweet. which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't think they ever did anything much with him after this storyline, which would have been kind of cool. like a, Almost like a Miles Morales to Spider-Man yeah. kind of deal. But he's standing in his apartment. Karen's gone, and the phone's ringing. Karen's calling uh, mad about some stuff for the case, and this and Mary, who actually happens to be Typhoid Mary, is doing what she does, and they're actually kissing in the apartment. And and Tyrone's like, you know, where, where are you guys? The phone's ringing, you know, just questioning it. Anyways, Matt's walking with his uh, his lawyer, this other lawyer who kind of is filling in for him. 
for the time being about, you know, the case and whatnot. And it's actually really cool that you brought up the, uh, the, John Favreau scene because they're in a scene where they're in a playground on the streets of Hell's Kitchen and this other lawyer takes a shot from a basketball and, <laughs> and misses completely and Matt just just drops one and drops a three-pointer in and the guy's like, hey, how'd you do that? Like, <laughs> That's the best thing ever. They're in front of you know City Hall and get everything ready to go. Kingpin's really trying to Def, you know, defend this telco, make sure that they, there's no trouble with it. And this other lawyer guy that's representing Murdoch is doing really well. Uh, Matt's on his way to the trial to watch, and he gets attacked by Typhoid Mary, who doesn't look anything like she did earlier. The other one was a just a disguise, so to speak. But they get into a big kerfuffle. Uh, she's messing with them. She knows that it's a double identity, and actually Kingpin knows that it's a double identity at this point. And she's trying to almost seduce him and she's really getting in his head. Uh, yeah, she's messing with him here. Uh, Matt's assistant lawyer uh, is making a really good case for uh, Tyrone and to punish Telco. And you can see the frustration on Kingpin's face. And... Yeah, Matt Murdock eventually walks in. Him and Kingpin have a little bit of a stare down. And one of the closing scenes is Kingpin going, Arranger, yes, sir. Uh, Is the jury unanimous? And the guy goes, yes, sir. And then he says, then buy one of them tonight to make his case work. And Karen hugs Matt to end the show. And Matt's very disturbed at everything that's been happening with this Mary. Uh this, well, Typhoid Mary, essentially. So that's the close of it. It's a really quick filler filler book. You can definitely tell there's more to it, obviously. Uh, we'll go to the art. It's that classic 80s, 90s art. I'm going to give a 9 to. Uh, action. Minimal action. The Typhoid Mary stuff was actually pretty cool. I'm going to give uh, the action a 7. Story, it helped push the, the story along very well. This trial, very interested to see where it goes. Might have to find Daredevil 256 and see, just really see how it all pans out. I'm going to give the story a 7 as well. Dialogue. It was, it was alright. Actually, you know what, it was really good. If, if you really think about the, the way the, the, you know, the, the jury, the, you know, everything in front of the judge really panned out. The court case mm-hmm. is what I'm looking for. It was actually very uh, descriptive. And, yeah, I appreciated it. I'm going to give an 8 on that. Rereadability. It's actually probably my like only old Daredevil book, so I would definitely reread it again. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to give I'm going to give it a, a 6 on that. It was not horrible by any means. Plus 7, plus 7, plus 8, plus 6. 37 out of 50. It seems to be a pretty average number for us around here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And it's cool that it followed your, was it your main yeah, book? My main book is issues 227 up to like 233, so that's shortly after. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right, bud, you go ahead with your first singular book. All right, this is actually a two-issue arc that I'm going to do. Um, it was just, it just was too good not to do both issues for it. So I did, this is um, volume one, 
issues 37 and 38. This is from I just forgot the year 1968. I oh wow! So it's an older comic. Um, it's February and the month that comes after February, March. <laughs> so this is I love this. This was such a good comic. I was really proud to find it. Um, it starts with. Daredevil was just fighting the I always forget his name, the Trapster. Yes, the Trapster. And he was just beat and he's laying on the the train tracks after just like fighting the Trapster. He's exhausted and Doctor Doom shows up. And immediately like they get into a fight. Daredevil is like at his weakest of all times and probably fight he says he's like I'm fighting the strongest foe of all time. And him and Doom get into a fight. Um Doom's outpowering him especially cuz Daredevil's exhausted but he keeps getting back and like fighting him down and doom's basically saying like you're gonna i need you you're my next um you're the uh, an an integral piece to my plan to take down the fantastic four right and just they're just fighting back and forth back and forth and then a group of people like see what's going on um because they're fighting on the train tracks and they're like save doom or save daredevil from doom we gotta stop him and doom turns around and like puts up a a layer of glass so they can't get through and he (laughs) he runs away with daredevil um he takes him back to his like secret lair using his uh, escort because he's like, hey, like I'm I have diplomatic immunity. You can't no none of the cops can touch us. Like take your time or don't take your time. Blow some red lights, whatever. Yeah, they can't do anything about it. And they take Daredevil back to their embassy. Um, Daredevil tries to fight back in the car and like puts up a really good fight, but he's just outnumbered and they're in a vehicle, so it's really hard for him to like move around too much and use his speed. Um. He even tries to, like, crash the car, and they stop him. So they get to the embassy, and Doom traps him in um, in this, like, room and makes Daredevil think he's been shrunk. Oh. So he he's like, wait, no, I'm not shrunk. I'm just in a really big room, that's all. <laughs> and Doom has no idea about, like, Murdoch's senses. He has no idea what his powers are. He's just... Um, but he knows he can try to like mess him up and he's trying to break his will. So then he starts making the room spin super fast and it finally stops and like Daredevil's still staying strong. So he turns the room upside down. Um, and he goes like, wow, you're like, your will is very strong. I'm surprised. Like even I expected you to break faster. It shows that you're perfect for my plan. Yeah. And Daredevil doesn't know what that is. So when he, he jumps out and he tries to fight Doom again and actually gets trapped under a glass case. Oh. And then the glass case also falls under Doom and they switch bodies. Whoa. So Doom actually is like, he, Fantastic Four thought they beat him, um, when Doom had the Silver Surfer surfboard and they like sent him out. But Galactus actually had set up a barrier to, to trap the Silver Surfer when he caught Doom instead, he said, Oh, I don't care, and sent him right back. <laughs> <laughs> so Doom is alive and Fantastic Four didn't even know it. Uh and now they've switched bodies. So now <laughs> this is so funny. The their uh, uh, Doom's plan is to go take down the Fantastic Four, but in the armor or in the the body of Daredevil. Oh my lord. <laughs> so they go that's where thirty seven ends, and then thirty eight picks up. There's so much action. Uh, good <laughs> it, it is a lot like the first book like tons of tons of combat there right, i gotta switch out of this um so then it goes over to the next the next issue where did that go there it is and 
he's just like swinging through, uh, or just walking through New York now, heading to the Fantastic Four headquarters. <laughs> his doom in Daredevil's body. And Which could work to his advantage if you think about it. But yeah, he's just walking through New York City though. In the Daredevil, in the Daredevil <laughs> outfit, just like, and he's like, huh. I see how his powers work. Like these lenses must be like blocking my vision, and everything else is great. He has no idea. Murdoch <laughs> is blind. Like he's just—he's supposed to be a super genius and just totally oblivious to the fact that Murdoch is blind. Um, but Murdoch is in the Doom body, and he's so he uses that to like trick the guards. He's like, and he—I love it because he like plays like he's Doom in such a good way. He's like. Oh, I let uh, Daredevil think he beat me, so I could he could get away, and I could have a more grand victory over him. Like, so help me get out of this prison. There's a fun dynamic. Yeah, and it's so he there's such so, like polar opposites yeah. too. Wow, and you have so much of Doom just like like monologuing how great he is, and I'm the you know the king of Latveria. You can't stop me. Like no one, my arms are so much stronger than yours, and blah blah blah. <laughs> and Matt Murdock plays it perfectly as Doom. He like flips the script right on him. He's like, yes, I'm. See, like I let him trap me. Let me out. Like so we can continue this chase. Um. So then he tells him like, go go trap down the the daredevil to prolong the amusement of this game. Like, and I'll, I'll come find him. I'll be right there. And literally like doom is just like strolling down the daredevil. Get the pimp strut going. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he calls the fantastic four, um, and has to convince them that he's daredevil and like doom's coming to stop you. Like get out like quick. Yeah. And then it becomes a foot chase where now he's chasing doom as daredevil. <laughs> Or Daredevil as Doom. <laughs> Super confusing, <laughs> even for me. So he's chasing them in the Doom suit, like, but they're just on their feet in, in like, just mid, the middle of the city. The middle of New York. It's nighttime, so, like, no one's outside. It's New York. People are outside. Yes, night. exactly. That's, <laughs> he's just chasing them down. Um, his guards catch up, start beating up Doom, or Doom in the Daredevil body. Yeah. And then Doom, like, takes off his, takes them all down and takes his glove off and shows that he still has his royal ring on. And like, oh, so they switch back and go back after Murdoch. Uh, Murdoch ends up getting, like, um, the cops end up trying to, like, arrest the people, like, beating up Murdoch in the suit. Cause they're like, oh no, we're gonna have an international incident. Like, we can't have this. So they save, they save Murdoch and he, like, runs away in the, in the Doom suit. And he has a really good plan. He actually calls like the Latvian council and goes, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do." Uh, he hands Doom in the Daredevil body a radio transmission first, so he can hear it. Yeah. And he's like, "Listen to this. You don't want to miss this." And so he's like, still heading towards Fantastic Four, walking because no one they can't they don't have cars or any crazy vehicles. They're just walking. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it, what, you, what year did you say it came out? Sixties. It's such a sixties comic oh, book. It's so good. So he goes like, hey, um, Latveria, why don't you declare war on all of the outside borders? And so the Latverian council is like, sweet, we'll do that. And Doom hears all this and goes, wait, I have to stop this. Like, they're allies to Russia outside of there. We're going to get stomped. <laughs> so he comes back and switches bodies back with Murdoch. Yeah. And says like, oh, like, okay, like stops the war and then lets Dare. He goes, fine, like Daredevil, you win. Like, you leave. Like. Fine. And so Daredevil leaves, and then he calls the Fantastic Four pretending to be Murdoch again. And goes like, Doom's still on his way in the Daredevil body. Like, watch out. Take him out. And it ends there. And uh, it actually finishes in 
the next issue of Fantastic Four, I think it was number 73. Okay. The Fantastic Four versus Daredevil. <laughs> so, but it was a cool. That's really cool. I like that. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I really like that. Um, this was a really fun comic. The art was the, like, late 60s. I actually was surprised how much I liked the art. It's old art starting. It's very vibrant. I, mean, I see it right now. It's very vibrant. Yeah, it's surprising. Like, it doesn't look like a late 60s comic book. Um, I would, I'm gonna give the art an 8. Okay. Old art's starting to grow on me. It took me a little bit, but I'm starting to enjoy old art. Then action. Oh my gosh. There was something. Like action's a, a 10. There was like constant fights in this. Like so many fist fights in this. It, and it cracked me up that the ending was not a fight at all. It was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to bomb all you outside countries, so you better stop this. <laughs> um, the story. A 10 on the story. The story was awesome. No, that does sound amazing. <laughs> it was a really, this is a really unique thing. And when I looked it up, like I was looking up like great, like Daredevil single issues and I saw this and I, I know, I understand now why the mint copy is like a $300. Yeah. It's super cool. And like even the, the good comic copies are like eight, 10 bucks. Super cool comic book. Um, I forgot the next one. You did story, uh, dialogue. Dialogue. <laughs> Give the dialogue a seven, but it was super funny. Like especially just all of Doom's like monologuing is so like sixties, seventies, over the top, campy, and I loved it. Uh, <laughs> it's done so well. Rereadability. I would read read this again. I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight. All right. I really, I really enjoyed this. I was surprised how much I enjoyed this, but it was. This is probably one of my favorite like goofier side comic books. Okay. What was the, uh What were the issues again? This was thirty seven and thirty eight. Okay. Volume one. Very good. So for that, Greg has given them a 43 out of 50. Now, are you counting that for two, or are you counting it as one story? That's one, one story. story. You yeah. got another one? Another yep. singular one? Okay. Very good. I will jump right to my second singular one. This one from 2002. It is Daredevil and Bullseye, Marvel Knights 1, The uh, the Target, written by Kevin Smith and I think the art by Glenn Fabry. And like, like Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith? Like I, believe, I, I think so, Ooh. which I thought was really interesting. I know we don't usually don't announce the uh, the writers and artists, but I think his name needs to be noted. Another reason why I knew it was from 2002 is because the the complete first season, uh, first time ever on DVD of Babylon 5 <laughs> was the first advertisement. And what were some other ones? There was actually, it was so uh, Echo Unlimited that like nobody wears that anymore. <laughs> Oh gosh! You know that it was so 2002. Oh, Blade Two, the video game. Like, come on. There was a Blade Two video game. I, surprisingly, yeah. I want to find that and find out how terrible it, it is. It actually looked pretty decent. <laughs> uh, but Babylon Five. That's how I knew this was from 2002, actually, because right underneath it it says 2002. Uh, it's a really cool, fun story. Uh, Daredevil's. This is actually post-Karen, because Karen has died at this point. Yeah. And he's just going through the city. He's looking through it. It's it's relatively ruined. He's upset. And this is actually, I think, it's an anniversary of Karen's death. I'm not sure if it's a three, four, or fifth year anniversary since she died. But he's just kind of going through his history. And, yeah, he's just very upset about Karen's death. It's the same time every year. He Quick scene where he drops by and... and Spends twenty bucks on some flowers to go drop off at her at her grave, and very upset. Almost, almost reminiscent of like uh, 
like the Electra when Electra died in the older story comic books, and he was upset. But yeah, there's just clips of him going around just bashing villains' skulls, and I don't know who this one guy is. He kind of looks like Sabretooth. <laughs> um, I, I really don't know. Right here. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's like a puffier saber tooth. He's got some crazy hair. He's got like hair like the collector. And but yeah, he looks like a saber tooth. He just it's like Japanese anime saber tooth. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's exa- it's probably the best way to describe it. Uh, let's see. And yeah, there's a scene where he's back at a gym and he's throwing his uh his staff through a picture of Bullseye's face on a punching bag because I think I. If we're not mistaken, Bullseye is the one who ended up killing him. He kills Karen. all the Daredevil ladies. Yep, actually, here it is right here. They show it. Uh, yeah, he's a... He killed Elektra, too. And yeah, I know. He's he's devious. And actually, it shows right here, because uh, there's a scene here, Daredevil, he's yelling in his apartment. He's he's that upset about it. And, and there's this mob guy speaking with a bunch of uh, Middle Eastern... Uh, Mob members, uh, so to speak, about a job that they wanted done. And they're spying on this woman who uh, used to have frequent visitors over her house. Like a different one every night. She got pregnant, and they're, they've been spying on her. Uh, and this is where it starts to get interesting. Knock on the door, and in comes Bullseye without his costume. He's just got a you know bald head and... They're working about a deal to take out Daredevil, and they, the Middle Eastern men wanted to prove, wanted him to prove how vile of a human being is, how cold of a killer is. So they're looking at this woman with holding their, her baby, too. This is where it gets really messed up. And looking out the window, he, you know, he gets the order, make an orphan of the child. He goes, okay. Takes a toothpick out of his mouth from a hundred yards away, flicks it, kills the mob. I literally in the apartment. Picture like the the two thousand movie when he like unfolds the paperclip and like kills yes. the guy with it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much that. And I mean, it was a pretty intense scene. It crashes through a window, nails her, and they actually saw a sad scene. The baby's kind of crying on the floor, but it does sell how just vile. He is as a per, you know, oh, yeah. Bullseye is as a person. And it actually makes me more excited for the new season of Daredevil. But, uh, one of the, the, mo- the mobsters goes, you know, hey, where's your, where's your costume? And he, he's like, oh, I don't have it anymore. But if this makes you hit, ha- you know, if it'll make you happy, he reaches to the bottom of his, his, uh, martini glass or whatever and does the whole Bullseye thing on his forehead. And that's pretty much the end of the book. Uh, really, it was really cool. Really yeah. twisted, um, and almost refreshing to see Bullseye like that. Like, you know, there's some villains with morals, and then there's a guy like Bullseye. Yeah, you there's especially now. I feel like every villain at this point has worn like a superhero costume, and like I guess yeah, Bullseye's done it in, in dark, but he's still Bullseye. Like. Yes, exactly. Uh, running it through, 2002 was a cusp of a whole new style of art, so to speak. They were getting into the Ultimates. Uh, the cover was really cool, and everything was, you know, it was really well done. I'm going to give the art a 9. Action. Very minimal. I think really the only action there was was Daredevil hitting that fake Sabretooth guy, and then the toothpick scene, which was really incredible. 
but unfortunately it wasn't enough. I'm going to give that a six. Story. Super pumped to see where this goes. Um, it was it was a really good setup for something much bigger. Oh yeah, much bigger. And I would like to see a conclusion for that story very much. So I'm going to give the story, the intro. I'm going to give it an eight. Dialogue. Really good. A lot of backstory. A lot of setting up stuff. So usually the dialogue is relatively good in the first issue. Um, there's been very few first issue books where I've been yeah. confused as to what's going on. I'm going to give the dialogue an 8. Rereadability? Probably a 7. A 7. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was fun and, you know, the scenes were, what was in there was, was pretty intense. It told a good story. And I think if I were to get the following issues and I would reread and come back through <laughs> all the way. So let's see. They gives me a nine plus six plus eight plus eight plus seven thirty eight out of fifty for that one. Um, really good. That is Daredevil and Bullseye, Marvel Knights one. Oh, the target. So yeah. It's interesting to note, um, Daredevil or for this for the, the show, Bullseye's backstory is from what I, at least I've been seeing is very much. A, much a mixture of Bullseye and Sin Eater. Okay. Because Sin Eater was like the FBI agent and all that. And like we've talked about Sin Eater before with, with Venom and yes. Spider-Man stories. But <clears throat> he was much more like an FBI agent that went where Bullseye didn't have that back part of his backstory, if I'm not mistaken. So it seems like they're kind of meshing those two. A lot of people at first were like, sure. oh, we're getting Sin Eater for season three. And then they did this last trailer. I was like, no, that's Bullseye. There's no way that's not Bullseye. There's actually a nod to Bullseye in one of the – I think it was either season two or season three – or season one of Daredevil where it was a snipe – it was I think it was like an FBI agent sniper or something. And they were, they were monitoring Daredevil and Punisher fighting. So it must have been season two. And there was a – there was Bullseye's logo was on something. Well, and that makes sense because now this guy, Point Dexter, is an yeah. FBI agent. Yes. So that's so probably what it was. They might have just carried – him over, he might even reference that at some point. I hope so. That would be cool continuity. But, alright, Greg, what is your second single issue book? Daredevil issue number one from 2015. Uh, this is Back in Black. The start of that, which is kind of cool. It's Daredevil in his, in a the black suit with the red accent. I have that for my main my main story arc. That point. same outfit. Yes, well, yes. I hope I hope our stories don't cross over. I hope not. If they do, it's okay. <laughs> uh, this is really cool, though. I love this suit. I think that this is probably my favorite Daredevil suit I've seen. Yellow is a classic as well, but uh, I wanted to do something a little newer. So this is what I'm doing. Um. It starts with Matt immediately diving off a bridge. I hope yours doesn't start with that. No, we're okay. 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 <laughs> so it, far, so good. It starts with Matt diving off a bridge after this guy who's just got like six cinder blocks uh, tied to him. And it just opens with that opening line, like, I'm Matt Murdock and I'm not afraid. Right. I love it. Uh, there's a gang up top talking about, um, you know, they work for the Ten Fingers cult. And they work for Ten Fingers himself, and they are trying to kill Billy Lee, who's an informant. And they're like, well, you know, they're like, is he dead? We can't tell. Daredevil dove in after him. He's like, oh, they're both dead, which is even better for us. Just watch and confirm that they both died. Right. Um, and you've got Daredevil swimming around the water. The water's messing with his senses, and he's trying to find Billy. Um, and he finally does using 
his billy club, he's just swinging around in the water. And luckily there's a lot of cars in like the, the Manhattan river there <laughs> or the East river. I think it is. So he's hitting off, hitting off cars to like try to increase his senses and finally finds this kid. Like, he's got a little knife on his billy club in this series. Which is, he like pops out, cuts his ropes off and brings the kid up. Um, basically like tells the kid he saved him and, uh, he's going to go up and take out these gang members. So they learn it's a very different Matt Murdock. Uh, he pops up, immediately hits one of the gang members and he's fighting like 20 of them at once. Um, and he's just knocking them all back. They've got weapons. Finally, one of them shoots him and he hits him and he goes, I missed it. I was scrambling and I must've, I didn't realize I, the water must've messed up my senses and I missed that bullet. Luckily he dodged it. And they're like, you idiot. Like you think you could take us on alone? And he says, no. And all of a sudden they're all just getting like hit by something that they can't see. And he's just watching this through his his vision, like look at him go, and it's Blind Spot, his new trainee, who turns invisible. Oh yeah. Um, and it goes back, and he he ends up taking all the members down, and basically tells Blind Spot like, oh, all right, good work, but you have to keep training until you can beat me. Right. Um, Murdoch ends up showing up at Foggy's house with Billy Lee, and somehow he's made everyone forget his secret identity. So I think in the Wade 2011-2014 version, like everyone learned who Daredevil was. Right. Um, and everyone's forgotten now except for Foggy. And Foggy, like, hates Matt. Yeah. Like, he's he's just not friends with Matt anymore. And um, he's mad at him for bringing Billy there, but and mad at him for having to remember, like, everything that's happened. And basically tells him this is the last time I'll help you. And Matt, Matt says, like, Daredevil and... And um, Matt have to be two different people because they're each other's worst enemies, which is – I found that kind of interesting. Wait a second. Yours says that. No, but I read a book earlier that seems just like that. Yeah. A, I funny. might have the physical copy actually. <laughs> Keep reading. I'll see if, I, if it is. Um, so it goes to Matt is sitting in – literally his office is a um, – what's the word? It's an elevator shaft. <laughs> and a DA comes up and talks to me. He's like, well, why would you waste like a room with a view on the blind guy? I don't mind being in this, in the elevator shaft. And Matt is now a prosecutor instead of a, de- a defense attorney, um, working for the DA. And he, this Billy Lee kid comes in front of him. And Matt's like really threatening towards him. It's a very different side, like side, side of Murdoch. He's sitting there going like, no, like, are you an idiot? You're going to do this. Like you're going to, you don't have a choice in this. Like you're going to, um, what's the word? Testify against these people, and he goes, "I can call and and get you sent right up to Rikers, and be you can spend time in jail where plenty of people will want to be spend time with an informant, or you can put your faith in the guy that saved you." And he goes, "Daredevil did that." He goes, "Well, yeah, he did that because I asked him to protect you, and I can ask him to stop." Um, and then he finally tells this kid, like. Like something like he's his his regular like old school Matt shows through. Um, he because he says something like, "I know you're afraid. I know something about fear. I'm blind. I can never see the things that are coming to me or see the things that might hurt me. But if I let that stop me, I'll never leave the house and just sit and wait to die." Um, he goes, "That's not life." So I think about everything I have to gain, wait against everything I have to lose, and tell myself one thing: I'm not afraid. And I love that line. I really like that line. And like, he convinces the kid to prosecute, but. I liked that they're showing this like rough side of Matt, but when his like compassion comes through is where that convinces this kid. Right, right. Um, and then it goes to the Ten Fingers gang, and the Ten Fingers gang literally, when they're good, they get, lose a finger for it, which is weird. Uh, and it cuts over to their leader, 
um, ten figures himself who literally has ten fingers on each hand. It's kind of creepy. And it sets up for that storyline um, that they're going to be – he's telling them, like, go to the – go and kill Billy Lee before he testifies and take out the lawyer too. Right. So um, that's where that ends. It's – I liked it. It was different. Um, art was 2000s art. I, I, it's got a weird style to it though where it's very muted colors. It's almost like browns. Um, it's almost all browns with just the reds and like Matt's tie and glasses and like blacks and it's all very like dark colors and just the reds and Matt's suit is what really stands out and like sometimes the sky. The art was cool. I'm going to give the art a 10. It was very different than anything I've ever seen. Like it was almost very like Sin City-esque or like yeah, that's kind of what my story, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, just like that. They took like a early Miller, like Sin City spirit style, and I like it. Okay. Um, what else was it? Action. I forgot everything. <laughs> Action was. I always do this. Action was. Uh, I'll give it a, a a seven. Like that opening scene was really cool. It was short, but it was really cool. I loved him immediately diving into the water and like trying to find this kid. Um, then there is story. I'm going to give this story a six. Okay. Because this is a first issue, and I feel like you would have you had to read the volume before this to understand a lot. And that's a little weird. Normally, like, other writers don't piggyback that hard. They explain things a little better. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot that's explained, and I feel like you have to go back to get a lot of that explained, which is weird. Um, so I'll give it a six. The dialogue was great. Dialogue was great. That line I read was so good, and I absolutely love that line. That line is probably one I'll, that'll stick with me for a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give the dialogue a ten. Okay. Very good. And then rereadability. Rereadability will sit at a six. It was it was good, but I, I, actually a five. I don't know if I would necessarily continue to read this one over and over again. Maybe for that one bit of dialogue, but this wasn't anything crazy special. It wasn't a, an insane first issue. It was a good setup for the rest of the story, though. Okay. Very good. My headphones straighten out here. Ah, okay. Very good. So, yeah, 30 out of 50 for that issue. Standard, yeah. So, yeah, pretty – that's usually average. We need to set up, like, a a, a scoring – what's the word? Meter? Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah. I, I, I was actually just thinking about that, so <laughs> help decipher some things. Um, okay, we'll get into these story arcs now, which should be a little bit longer. Uh, this one is Daredevil – and the Punisher. Imagine that. Matt I know. Doing a Daredevil or a Punisher story. <laughs> it's, it's like I actually kind of like him. It's weird. Um, actually, the, it's mostly because there was not much selection, which at the bookstore, which is kind of sad, considering how popular Daredevil has been. But you know his his story arcs. I know he, he doesn't have as many as maybe a Captain America or a Spider Man yeah. or an X Men. He's but, usually an accessory. That's because unfortunately, if you're not a cosmic hero, I don't feel like you get as much. Like it's harder to do a lot with like street level heroes sometimes. And he's um, he's about as street level as you can get. Yeah. Like even more so than Spider Man. Yeah, him and like heroes for hire. Yeah, that's where they kind of sit is that super street level. But even then, like Luke Cage can hop up a little higher. Exactly. So yeah, it was uh wasn't much, but yeah, Daredevil and Punisher Seventh Circle. Read through it as quick as I can. It has that black and the mostly black and red suit that uh, Greg mentioned in his previous book. Uh, but it starts off in Manhattan at the New York State Supreme Court, uh, which is actually really cool because the the first book I read today had the same exact scene like scene huh. in it. 
uh, which is nice. But it's Matt Murdock sitting out there. Uh, they're moving a gentleman by Mr. Antonov. Uh, they're moving him to catch a plane so he can go to Texas so we can get a fair trial. And he's, you know, refusing fighting with them. The guy spits. It's kind of funny. Antonov attempts to spit on Murdoch, and Murdoch goes, all right, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> Which confuses everybody because, you know, hey, he's blind. Um, but they're standing there, and somebody takes a shot at Antonov. Murdoch jumps in the way. He doesn't get hit, but he pushes Antonov out of the way. And they force him to get on the, uh, in the, in the vehicle, in the big truck, police van, whatever it is. Uh, so he's trying to figure out who it was, and then he looks up and sees that it's Frank Castle, who's back again to take out Antonov. And there's, he, instead of joining them and making sure he gets to the airport safe and sound, he gets into his Daredevil, uh, attire and chases Frank down. Uh, he ends up landing on his his van. Frank's van is trying to stop him. And actually, uh, what was it? What was the invisible guy's name again? His uh, blind spot. Blind spot. Okay, that's who it was. He's actually uh, he's actually there already and trying to protect them in the van because they're taking shots at him. But yeah, Daredevil is is trying to stop Frank Castle. He lands on the windshield, and I I really like their just like their dynamic all the time. Oh, yeah. They are, I mean, they are like almost like, you know, the Venom and Punisher, you know, thing was where they're, they're both like similar. Or they're both. They're neither they, of them are bad guys, but they just have two different, different philosophies. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what, that's what I was looking for. Um, oh yeah. Daredevil's was not here on the roof and, uh, Frank puts like, makes everything on it like electric and tries to shock him. But Dirtle eventually regroups in. Oh, he, he puts his staff in, uh, in, uh, Frank's muffler. <laughs> so his car starts smoking and he's pissed. Uh, and he's following him. There's a part where the police van stops and Daredevil's fighting him, uh, fighting all these, uh, Russian uh, criminals who are trying to free Antonov. Uh, and it goes on and on. He takes a hard hit and is a little, little wrecked. Punisher eventually finds him. And, oh, he's bailing blind spot on top of a roof. And they actually, he's, he's asking for help. Uh, Frank Castle is, he's hanging out the side of the roof and they go, no. And they call the cops on him. And they have him backed up on a door. And he actually, Right before they're about to shoot, he pops in and, and gets away, like classic Frank Castle. Um, let's see here. I'm the, just like getting flashbacks to the second season, and the, now I want to rewatch it because it was so good. I know. I'm probably going to before uh, season three starts. Let's see. There's a scene where oh, Daredevil's up. It looks like he's he's choking out and he, uh, Antonov and Blind Spot is like, you know, what are you what are you doing? You know, that's that darker, that darker edge, that's edgier Matt Murdock. What I love about the dynamic between Punisher and Daredevil is Daredevil's one choice away from being the Punisher. Yeah. Literally, like, if he just, if he gave in to what he's feeling, he would be Frank Castle. And that was a big part of season two yeah. as well. That was his thing, it, you know, that he didn't want to be the Punisher. But they They're were that really close. not that different, yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. There's a cool scene here where a gentleman who is working for Antonov's gang, he shows up in the Crimson Dynamo Ooh. costume. I thought this was a, a cool little uh, side side bit. He apparently bought the suit, and he's, you know, got to go save Antonov. Uh, but they do. They have a cool meeting. Uh, Crimson Dynamo is ready to get Antonov out of there, and right before he's about to escape, Punisher comes in and hits Dynamo with a truck. Uh, with, well, actually with the van. It's all smoked out, but it's still in working order. And there's this really awesome fight. Dynamo's giving them both the business, uh, so to speak, like Punisher and, and Daredevil are just getting stomped out. Um, let's see, what do we got here? Oh, uh, Daredevil stabs him in the back with a staff. It's a weak point, and then Frank Castle <laughs> pulls out a rocket launcher <laughs> and shoots it at Crimson Dynamo, and the suit is in flames, and I think the guy in, in the inside is dead. Um, and Daredevil's like pissed. He's like, why, why would you do a rocket launcher? Really? You know? So he ends up kicking them. They fight. And Daredevil, like, Punisher would not raise his fist to fight him, fight him back. He's just ta- sitting there taking it, which I thought was interesting. But I think that's like maybe Punisher's code. There's a lot of respect between the two of them as much as they're like always fighting. Like, I definitely think they respect the crowd of each other. Yeah. I completely agree. This was, I think, the last bit of the Punisher because Antonov got away, and he's running. He's in the air, he's in the airport. And he's trying to escape. He took a costume on a cop, and he's he's trying to escape. And he eventually gets tracked and stopped after a battle with the cops. And he actually takes the Daredevil's nightstick to the chin, and is knocked out. And they ship they ship him away to Texas for a fair trial. And that's pretty much it. A little bit of dialogue at the end with Daredevil and, and the Punisher. It was, it was cool. I, I'm not. It's the whole point of the show really is for me to jump into new stuff, and it's, sometimes it's really hard to get into new stuff. Yeah, uh, it really is. I'm. I, I just love the '90s. I love the '80s, '70s, '60s. I I love what was because yep. that's the knowledge that I grew up with, and everything changes. And this was actually a very pleasant read. Very pleasant read. I I am all about it. Uh, the artwork, that new style art, uh, pretty much similar to what Greg had. I'm going to have to give it a 10 as well. Yeah. Action. Plenty of action to go around. It was it was some fun stuff, too. I think it was like five different comic issues for this uh, one individual story. You can't have a Punisher comic without action. I feel like it's, it's, <laughs> I know. it's weird. It's, it, it would be very weird. He doesn't do much talking. Uh, story. I think the story progressed very nice. It wasn't a it wasn't a huge event like an Infinity War. It wasn't a Maximum Carnage. It's uh, a street level event. It's a street level event. I'm going to give the overall story a seven. Dialogue, plenty of it to go around, and it was nice to see Matt Murdock walk that fine line, so to speak. Like this different edge or one that you explained. I'm going to give the dialogue a ten as well. Rereadability. Probably about a probably about a six. I mean, it was it was about average. It was about average. I uh, didn't hate it. Will never be my favorite story, but it was. Yeah, I thought it was very enjoyable. Ten plus nine plus seven plus ten plus six. Forty two out of fifty. Not bad. So 
Go check it out if you can find it. You probably will because there's not that many Daredevil stories out there. Um, all right, Greg, and to close us off, what is your story arc? I'm doing uh, Born Again, which is actually where a lot of Season 3 is going to be drawing from. Um, there will be some clear differences, uh, and you'll kind of get that when I read this. But, yeah, so this is actually following or leading up to your first story you read. But, yeah, this is Born Again. This is one of, like, the the titular Daredevil stories. It's a Frank Miller Daredevil story. It's very long, but it's very good, uh, very different than I expected. I've read parts of it before, and I knew parts of it, but there was a lot I didn't know about. So I'm going to read it. Um, but start off, It starts off with Karen Page in a room, and you get the idea that she's actually a porn star now. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's never – it's always alluded to. They do it in that very, like – early 80s way where like kids were still reading these but it's Frank Miller so it's not going to be great um, and she actually sells out the identity of Daredevil this this sounds like a super dark comic right? holy like, shit she sells out the identity of Daredevil to a drug dealer because she is addicted to smack that makes more sense as yeah. to why that is yes so she sells that out this drug dealer sells it to another guy who sells it to the kingpin and at the time in this, Matt is very much just like a mosquito to Kingpin. He hasn't really established himself as like a big problem. Right. But Kingpin still hates him. So he goes, cool, I'm going to ruin his life. So it Daredevil right away, his, um, so there were some events that led up to this where he was starting to have a nervous breakdown. He was really starting to struggle with this dual identity. And Matt gets a letter that his – mortgage is missing, that his phone's getting shut off, his electric is getting shut off, that all of these things are happening. Um, and then he gets a call to um, his office where he is being charged for apparently like making a false statement and like forcing someone into to um, testifying against someone else. Right. By a cop that was his 20 years clean, so they're believing him and not believing Matt. So now Matt is about to get charged and possibly get disbarred. And his um, his girlfriend just broke up with him. Also, Gloria, she's from like Ireland, and she ends up like running right into the arms of Foggy, and kind of like Foggy, her house has been turned over, and like Foggy comes to check on her. Um, and so, and then you get. Ben Urich, who I miss from the TV show. I wish he didn't die so soon. No, I, I was yeah, it was tragic. Um, but Matt is talking, or Matt's talking to Ben, and Ben's trying to like um, get like a statement from him, and he's like, "Look, I'm your friend, Matt. Like, remember?" And he, Ben knows who that Matt's the daredevil at this point, um, and Matt just kind of laughs. The bank forecloses on his house, and and all of this stuff and like his basically his life is just falling apart in front of him. All of his assets have been frozen and it's snowy outside, but he puts on the daredevil suit and just goes into action to kind of chill himself out. You get glory making some moves on foggy. So Matt shows up at the cop's house who, um, who testified against him. And he's trying to figure out why, right? He's like, what are you doing? They get into a little bit of a fight. The, the cop like breaks a bottle and tries to hurt him uh, and then kicks him out of the house and, um, then the guy calls and you hear, he says, shut up. Yeah. Daredevil. I did what you said to do about my boy. Doctor said he needs that treatment soon. So clearly 
he's being paid to do this so his son will get taken care of. Yeah. Uh, and Matt hears all this and figures, okay, the guy's being like pushed into this and must be connected. Matt calls Foggy to tell him about it, and Matt's ex-girlfriend answers in the morning at Foggy's house, and oh, Matt no. immediately hangs up. Um, and oh. Matt just starts going nuts. He's just like beating people down, and he's just like thrashing all over like the different like the gangs and stuff. Like, who's gonna talk about Matt Murdock? And and Kingpin's just sitting like smoking a cigar so joyfully, like. Uh, Daredevil's Matt Murdock and more. There's a rift inside him, a wedge steadily weakening him and driving him nuts. And Matt is kind of going insane. And Foggy, it goes back to Foggy defending him at the hearing. And Matt actually does lose and gets disbarred and is no longer even able to allowed to practice law. Um, Foggy apologizes, all this. It cuts over to um, Karen, who is getting chased down by like a set of killers. And she's trying to get a fix any way she can and she can't get away and now she actually is like missing Matt and like feels guilty for setting him up because he's the only person that could save her. Right. Um, Matt, it cuts around a lot. Matt's back to being upset and Kingpin actually blows up Matt's house as he's walking up and now Matt knows who the Kingpin, like who's trying to kill him. He knows who did all this to him and he basically says like, oh, you had to go and put a gangster stamp on it. Now I know to come after you. And Matt's suit is actually destroyed. Um, there's more, again, Matt, this continuous thing with Matt and Foggy where he keeps calling and, like, she keeps answering, so he keeps hanging up. Um, Matt's kind of going nuts. He's literally in, like, a depression state. Like, he just won't get up. He's like, I could just go out and kill the kingpin, get rid of all of that, but I don't want to kill them. And he goes, I'm just tired, and he goes back to bed. And yeah. He's just sleeping all day. Uh Finally gets up, like Kingpin's again monologuing. There's a lot of dialogue in this. Monologuing about Daredevil. Uh, Matt shows, like, has a dream that he killed the Kingpin, but then actually, like, like, finally just snaps. Basically says, I'm on to you, Foggy. Some guy shows up to Matt's house about his hotel, or Matt's hotel that he's staying in. Matt has, like, five bucks on him. And wow. he has no money. He's staying in this small hotel. And he actually knocks the guy out thinking that Kingpin sent him. Uh, and then he hops into a train. This guy who tries to rob someone in the train, Matt knocks him out. And a cop comes to, like, stop him after Matt knocks him out. And Matt actually knocks the cop out as well. He's really, like, losing it, just beating up anyone he can. Um, Karen tries to call him. Or he tries to call Foggy again, like, just hangs up on him. Like, like he's like, I'm sorry, I beat up a cop. And then he goes, you know what, you're working with him. Why do I keep calling you? And, like, hangs up. Karen's like still losing it. Like she's kind of just like using her body to get around. Right. Right. Get her fix. And like, she's really addicted. Um, and, and Ben also, he's trying to get this story for J. Jonah Jameson. He's, he's actually, he actually like lets Ben try to clear Jonah, uh, their, their name or Matt Murdock's name. And so Ben's kind of doing that. That's a side story. This is really long. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you're trying good. to get through it fast. Matt actually shows up as Matt with a billy club and fights the Kingpin. Kingpin's like in his underwear because in this comic, every time he's working out, he's just in a giant speedo. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Um, they get into a fight. Kingpin beats Matt down, knocks him out cold and puts him into a, a car, covers him in booze and, and uh, throws the car over the bridge and makes it look like Matt was killed, like killed him, like Truck stole it. a taxi and yeah. drive off the bridge. Matt lives though. 
And Kingpin's losing it. He's like, there was no corpse in the store, like the body, like what the heck. And Matt's now just like a drunk beggar on the side of the street. It, it goes through his origin story a lot. Um, and like, it, I love the panel though, where it's first talking about his origin story and it's just dark. Um, and this woman comes to see him in his origin and where, and she has a gold cross around her neck and he like grabs it. So this is going to play a lot into the new series, I think. Okay. The new season. Um, and kiss him on the forehead and says like, promise me you'll be okay. And so he says he's he tells his dad like he's gonna be all right because he promised someone he would. Uh, it's Christmas, you you know, these Foggy and and Gloria get into a fight with some robber. Ben shows up at the cop's house or the cop's uh, son's, sorry, the cop the doctor's office with that cop's son, the cop who framed Murdoch, um, and actually is like getting the full scoop on it, like. So, oh, this is why you sold him out. You sold him out to get this expensive treatment for your son. I see. Like, okay. Um, Karen knocks out a blind person <laughs> and takes the money from him, his money from him and his food. Um, Matt is drunkenly walking through New York City and gets hit by a car. And then Turk is actually there about to rob a bunch of people dressed up as Santa. And Matt sees him and tries to stop him. And Turk stabs Matt in the middle of the street. And he goes, I got stabbed by Santa. Wait, no, that was Turk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um, and so this is happening. And so Matt's kind of really falling apart. Now he's dying in the middle of the street. Like, he can't breathe in the car. He had a broken rib from his fight with uh, Kingpin, and his rib just got knocked loose. At the same time, Ben is leaving with that cop to go outside to get the statement from him. And Karen, um, a guy finds him and goes, I'm a fan of your movies. I've got what you need. And, like, kind of, like, takes – promises to take her to America if she lets him get to see it up close kind of thing. I gotcha. Uh kills she gets there's killers that we're looking for come back again and this guy shoots him and grabs her by the like the hand and says you better be worth all this. Um Matt's just stumbling through the street dying. Foggy and Glory kind of get engaged and then this giant bull of a nurse attacks Ben and the the cop, she breaks all of Ben's fingers and actually kills, breaks all the bones in the cop and says, like, you're a reporter. Well, my boss says you can't write without your fingers. And, like, you know, the kingpin sends his regards kind of thing. I gotcha. Um, Matt ends up at his dad's old gym and, like, passes out. And this nun shows up and she's wearing the cross. Um, And then – this man is forcing himself on Karen and another thing and Kingpin working on his underwear again. <laughs> uh, and this is where born again kicks in. She, he wakes up and he's starting like remembering a little bit, like Karen's coming back. Every, everything's kind of falling where it is. Kingpin still trying to figure out how to kill, kill daredevil. Um, and Matt is just starting to come back to life in this, this church saved by this woman, Maggie. And he remembers the cross and he goes, Maggie, are you my mother? And her heart skips a beat and he knows that she is. And she, she doesn't tell him that she is though. Oh. Um, Karen is oh. looking for Matt and Foggy. She calls Foggy and, and Foggy decides, okay, he's going to try to help her like get safe because this guy is beating her and kind of like using her. And he's got like just pills and, and gun, a gun on the, the table. Yeah. Jo- Jameson yells at Ben for being a wimp. Because Ben's been scared off the case, and he just wants to cover a fluff piece now. Um, and 
the guy beats up Karen so she can't go see Foggy. And as all that's happening, Ben is on the phone. This is literally how it bounces. It's nuts. It's all over the place. Um, Ben gets a call from the cop going, look, I'm really, I'm ready to talk. I'm sorry. Like I'm ready to talk. He's in like a full body cast and the same nurse shows up and makes Ben listen to her strangle him to death on the phone. And like, it like shatters Ben. Ben like doesn't know what to do. Um, and it just like, it haunts him. Kingpin and, uh, Foggy. No, this is it. Sorry. Karen meets up with, with Foggy finally. Uh, and Kingpin is still just like looking for, for, for Matt and how to take him out, waiting for him to resurface. Flip through all this. <laughs> uh, Kingpin goes to, if you watch the show, you know, the gladiator, aka Melvin Potter. And this is going to play in, if you've seen the trailer, and tells Melvin to make a Daredevil costume. So that they can make Daredevil look like a killer. Yes. So they do that. They set him up. Um, Matt kind of comes back and he actually hears all of this. Um, he does like this training montage, knocks the thing off of it, but he hears all of this going on and actually tells Melvin, like, do it, make the suit. Everything's going to work out. And he goes, Oh, it's good to hear you again, Daredevil. And it cuts away for that. <laughs> um, Ben actually does decide to he he that bothered him so much he listened to that moment he actually decides to go and um like release the story about the kingpin and start doing that he like takes his cast off himself oh um and she tries to kill ben and his wife matt shows up and saves them and knocks her out um and then so here the it finally ha- Matt follows them to where like the fake daredevil is about to commit murder. At the same time, Karen Stalker is trying to kill Foggy and Karen, and the the daredevil killer is also trying to kill Foggy and Karen. So right. Matt shows up, takes them all out, and actually takes the daredevil suit back. That's why he wanted it made in the first place. Oh, I see. So okay. he just like leaves the guy naked in the snow <laughs> <laughs> and takes the daredevil suit back. So now. Um, Kingpin has one last plan and he brings in the big guns, AKA nuke. So we know from the Jessica Jones. Yes, 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 yes. Unfortunately, I don't think he'll be in the Daredevil series, but this is nuke is where they replaced nuke with bullseye. Okay. And then the guy in the Daredevil suit was just some junkie. Okay. Some junkie they took. So that actually, it wasn't a real long part of the story. Um, Daredevil gets in this huge fight. After Ben accidentally kills someone trying to take out one of the key witnesses, um, Kingpin convinces Nuke to basically be um, like that Daredevil's not American <laughs> and to take him out for that. Nuke's kind of nuts. He's just like a weird, like over patriotic. Matt is working at a diner. He's living with Karen. Karen and him are back together. She's He's like forced her to get clean. And right. So Matt and Nuke end up getting in this huge fight in the middle of the city. Matt finally takes the Daredevil costume and suits back up. And him, Nuke is like blowing up the city, just killing everybody. Um, and Matt's just fighting him back, trying to take him down. He's cybernetic and got like the pills, so he's really hard to beat. Yeah. But Matt's like just doing everything he can. Um, and then finally, he's actually, he like, he's telling the Kingpin, like, Telling him like, tell me the kingpin sent sent you like, and he's he might kill him, 
And all of a sudden, Captain America shows up with Thor and Iron Man and tells them to, like, stop and stand down. And everyone's, like, against Kingpin now because they're like, you just wiped out half of New York. Like, they're going to pin this all on us. They're yeah. going to know it was us. Um, Matt is chased down by Daredevil or by Captain America. They seem like they're going to get into a little bit of a fight, but like Captain America's like, no, I just want to know who this guy is. Like he wears the flag and I don't like it. Oh, (laughs) so he just killed a ton of people and he's like making the country look bad. So Captain America finds him and nuke actually gets free, tries to run away again. Daredevil takes him down one last time. And when he does, he brings him right to Ben and goes, here's your story. Yeah. And Nuke admits everything, um, and they pin it all on Kingpin, and they actually take down the Kingpin the way, same way he took down Matt in the first place and cut him off completely from everything. Like, he he's able to, um, like, tie up all the charges and, and try to make it so he doesn't actually get committed for any crimes, but everyone's against him, and all of his assets are frozen, and he takes him down the same exact way. Ooh, I like and it. And Matt walks away with Karen, and that is how it ends. Sorry, that was a really long. No, that's okay. I'm glad you read it. I've never read it before. It's really and good. That sounded awesome. What year did they come out? This There's story. Eighties. This is. I gotta check. Uh, it doesn't say a year. It was right around the same time as yours. I'm. Mean, oh yeah, that's right. It was just before. Uh, I think my book was from '86. Yeah, so it was about. It was '85, '86. Same thing. Okay. Phenomenal. So it is a really good book. The art again. I was. I tried to read this a while back. And I really struggle with the older art, but once I got into it, I I was fine with it. I actually really enjoyed it, and this is I think gonna start helping me grow <laughs> into the older stuff because I struggle. I'm the opposite of you. I struggle with going backwards. Right. It's harder for me to because I grew. I started really reading in like later 2000s. Okay. Is when I really started getting into comic books. So I was kind of spoiled with the art. So this is taking me a little bit to get into it. I feel ya. Um, but I loved this. The art, I'm actually going to give the art a nine. I really enjoyed it. It was very classic, but still had a ton of detail. Um, I was a big fan. Action. I always yeah. <laughs> action. I'm give the action a seven. The, the action that was in here was super good. The, the nuke fight was like 10 pages long, but there was a lot of story. There was a ton of dialogue. This was like reading a small novel. That's okay. Like, there was, you could tell there was so much going on at so many different times. Like it was like on one page, three different storylines were going on at once. So this is, it was a lot, but seven for the action. The action that happened was great. All right. Story. Yeah. Story. I'm going to give it a seven for the story as well. Seven? Yeah. The story was driven really well. The only thing I could have done without was literally every single time you started a new section, it retold Matt's origin. Yeah, that gets annoying. And that was a lot. It was the same thing over and over again. It was like, okay, I understand. They did tell it in a couple different ways, but it was still like, okay, I know his origin at this point. <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> Especially, I'm reading, like, issue 223. Like, um, so, but yeah, a seven as well. Okay. And then... I've got dialogue. Yeah. Dialogue was great. I really liked the dialogue. Even though there was so much of it, it wasn't that hard to read, and I felt all of it. I would actually give the dialogue a 10. Okay. Very good. Um, And then rereadability. Uh, I Yeah, I'll give the rereadability a 10. I could reread this again because there was so much going on. I'm sure I missed things. I'm sure I missed references. Um, But it was great. I, I really like it. I can see why it's such a big Daredevil story. Uh I'll let you give the overall real quick. Yeah, 43 out of 50. Great. That's all right. So that's our highest rated uh, thing today. Yeah. So 
it was great. And I'm interested. It, I can tell you now, the TV show will be loosely based on Born Again. Yeah. I know clearly, like, they showed the almost shot for shot, the scenes of Maggie coming. It's like the same exact shot in the comic book. Um, again, Bullseye isn't involved in this story. The fake Daredevil is not as big a part of the story as it seems like it's going to be in the show. Right. Uh, no nuke. Karen Page is clearly not addicted to smack orange. No, porn. I think I, I actually wanted to ask you that. I think that's kind of how she she came into the first season, though, right? She was a drug like a junkie yeah. mess when she, yeah the, in the first season. That you was, are right, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. She was she was she's in the in the show or in the comic book. She started out as their secretary. She was like innocent and perfect, and then she kind of she wanted to become a movie star and went downhill. Right, um, which was that was a typical storyline for that the eighties. But yeah, the show definitely did it a lot different. So there's a lot, a lot that's a lot different in this. Um, Kingpin won't be in his underwear nearly as much. Damn. <laughs> uh, and no Ben, no Ben for the driving star. I think Karen's gonna kind of take Ben's place. That's what it seems like. And yeah. I'm interested to see if they do use her. It finally, kind of tease the driving relationship with her as well with Matt. Okay. Because that's been something that's been very on and off. Glory isn't a part of the story at all. Um, so who knows what he's going to do with Foggy? They might do it with Foggy and Karen. Uh, I don't really know. There's a, but I'm very curious. I'm super excited. I am too. It's There's been a lot. lot. I mean, it, I haven't been excited for a Marvel Netflix show since The Punisher. Yeah. And honestly, like I this, tried to be excited for The Defenders, and it was okay. <laughs> Defenders let me down big yeah. time. That got canceled too. Um, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. I haven't had the urge to even. Try Iron Fist. I watched two up ep- two episodes and it just wasn't doing it for me. Luke Cage is so good just because like the guy they cast for him is perfect. No, he lo- he looks and just like he, him in the comics. He definitely brings it to the character. Like I said, the end of Luke Cage, the first season was. Ble- I've heard the second season is incredible. I haven't started watching it just because I don't have time. <laughs> I feel oh I feel you on that, <laughs> but awesome. So there you go, everybody. We have our Daredevil review. Uh, I think this is going to be our last special for at least a couple months, right? And then it's like special crazy. We've got Aquaman and um, back to – we're going to do a double with Hellboy That's and right. Shazam. When that so comes out. A double special because they're coming out against each other. Captain Marvel eventually. Captain Marvel. Unfortunately, I actually didn't realize this. Titans came out this weekend. I would have loved to do what? the Titans event. It came out. I have the first episode. I started watching it. Uh, it I liked the start of it so far. Raven has a little bit of a, a carry feel to her. Okay. Which is interesting. Her, even with her mom, she's got like crosses all over the room and her locked in the room, but, um, very different. But it did come out and it was crazy. It just was out of nowhere. I was like, oh, Titans. Yeah, event. I didn't know the release date. I would have loved to do a Titans event, but. You still wanna? We could do one we next week. We could probably week. do a Titans event next week. We could week. do one next week and then the, la- I know the, the last week of the month we're doing a, uh, the Halloween themed one. Oh yeah, and I've got all that for that. So, oh yeah, me too. But uh, we can try and we can do a Teen Titans one. Even if we just do a, like a, our tip, our normal pick and a, a Teen Titans story arc, we might do that. We're going to talk about this, so expect to hear some Teen Titans next week because they already came out. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I wouldn't know. I've never read a Teen Titans book either, so I, you know what? I think uh, we should do either, either an old or a new Teen Titans book next all week. All about it. So, all right, we'll tell we'll tell our buddy Golo. Um, so you heard it here, guys. Everybody, uh, next week, at least one issue of Teen Titans per person will be talked about. And uh, thanks for listening. If uh, if you haven't liked our page yet, give us a like. Find us. Support us. We need you. We need your support. Yeah. Um, you know, this is – it's time. It's time for us. And uh, 
you know, we just hope you guys all enjoy it. Uh, until next week, on behalf of uh, myself, Greg, and our missing friend, Chris Ghost Gullo. Ghost <laughs> Ghost Gullo. Cosmic Ghost Gullo. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love that. You will. You will. He'll pop for that. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>